1: Your dog or cat is a member of your family. You want the very best for each and every member of your family, and that extends right down to the food that they eat.
0: For over 30 years, Northwest Naturals has been manufacturing the highest quality raw frozen pet foods in Portland, Oregon. For you, the pet owner, Northwest Naturals comes in convenient packaging, easy to open, easy to store, and easy to thaw and serve to your pets.
1: Quality ingredients, food safety, and the highest standards for manufacturing practices are what make Northwest Naturals the best complete and balanced raw food for your pet. Find out more in our podcast show notes.
0: Girls Gone Raw is an Ohio business started by a girl with an uncontrollable passion for pets and all things natural. By combining this passion with extensive research, they begin making all-natural, carnivore-focused treats and shoes that both pets and their owners will go nuts for. Check them out at girlsgonerawpet.com.
1: All right, back for more Q&A with Anthony. Let's just get into it. Okay, this one's going to be interesting for me to listen to because um, you have a time limit on answering this one.
0: (laughs) That's all that, yeah. (laughs) Which
1: I know you are. um, I'll get into the question. How to talk to your vet about grain-free and species-appropriate diets in less than 60 seconds, which if you know Anthony or if you've listened, I mean, when he is passionate, which is about all of these topics, you can talk. And I well, mean, there's a lot to uh, say probably, you know, I know that there's a lot of meat to this, this. question. No this, question keeps me,
0: this question keeps me up at night. Um, <laughs> I, um, this is what you're worrying about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. We, I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyways. We have a lot of customers that come in and they're like, there's, there's actually this like one, um, and I'm not going to name the clinic or whatever, but there's one specific vet in our area that like, adamantly does not like me. Um, which oh, is hilarious. Um, I don't know why. I've, I've never met these people in my life. Um, and I've, I've never, I also never thought that promoting fresh food um, or species appropriate, biologically appropriate food would be so controversial. Um, but here we are. Mm-hmm. Um, Wild. So my whole thing is, I, and I, I think that people should, this is a really good question because I think people should tell your vet what you're feeding your dog or cat. I think that's really, I think obviously if you know me, you know that I, I hold nutrition really, um, you know, in high regard. So I think it's important. They know what kind of food you're feeding. Um, so I don't, a lot of people choose not to tell their vet that they're feeding raw food. Um, which is, it's crazy. Cause they, cause there's a lot of vets now, uh, fortunately that support feeding real food to your dog or cat. So, Um, because the science is clear. I mean, not, not that we needed the studies or the science to know that real fresh food is better for us or our pets than, than highly processed species Mm inappropriate food. But there's tons of studies, uh, and research done now that is, it's pretty clear. Um, so there's obviously a lot that means that there's a lot of vets now that are at least open to it. They're not going to like reprimand you. Now there's like, again, back to this, this very conventional old school vet that is, is around the corner from us. Um, you know, they feel a certain way about that. But, um, I always go back to the quote from Dr. Karen Becker. When she said, um, it, she said, and she's a veterinarian. Um, and she said that it's, and I'm paraphrasing, but she said, it's, it's sad that my peers, other veterinarians are the last, or are the only physicians on earth that still, or that recommend, uh, ultra processed food over real fresh food, mm-hmm. which is, I think it's as simple as it's crazy, but that's as simple as that. um, so, um, with that being said, I haven't answered the question yet. Um,
1: so do I start the clock now?
0: No, um <laughs> but um, you know if if you go to the vet and so my whole thing is find a vet that that supports it. Because then you're supporting a, a vet that's actually you know has done their research and their due diligence, and you know they want what's best for your for your dog or cat. So you know my whole thing is go find those vets. I think. Uh,
1: and if we're in Columbus, Ohio, who would we? Well,
0: Lifetime, you yeah. know, Lifetime Pet Wellness Center, and there's there's others too, but that's the one we always recommend. I know for a fact they're not going to give you um, a hard time. They, I mean, we actually get a lot of customers from them because they um, if people have questions about nutrition, they send them to us. So. Uh, it's a really good relationship and, um, yeah, but you know, there's other ones too. So, um, I think there's, I think we put on the last I mean, we, On one of our episodes, we put a link to like the, uh, American holistic vet association, I think is what it's called. If you Google that, um, you can like search your zip code and they'll find like a holistic vet in your area. So, um, anyways, my whole thing is finding a vet that supports, uh, feeding real food because, um, I think it's important for them to know that you're feeding uh, that kind of diet, and also it's just good for you to support vets who are who are supportive of that. So, um, but if you if you go to a vet that you like, but that vet doesn't support real food, and you want to stay there, um, I would still tell them that you feed a balanced, species appropriate raw food. Um, and if you're feeding, you know, a brand like Steve's, like a commercial raw food, like Steve's raw food, for example, or Northwest Naturals, or um, something like that. You can tell them that every batch is is tested not only for nutritional adequacy but also for pathogens by a third party laboratory before it's released. Um, this is something that kibble companies don't do. Okay, um, Steve's, for example, uh, feeding Steve's. They use a process called HPP, high pressure processing. So that's uh, th- what they do is essentially use cold water pressure, about fourteen thousand psi. It's it's the same amount of pressure that's in the Mariana a trench in the Indian Ocean. So really a lot of pressure to disable pathogens. Again, something that kibble companies are not doing. Um, so it's essentially pathogenic free. It's a really cool process because it actually preserves the enzymes and healthy bacteria in the food. Um, and then remind them that 98% of the recalls for E. coli, salmonella, listeria come from commercial, don't come from raw pet food. They come from from kibble. So um, I always tell people you are not if you're whether you're feeding kibble or whether you're feeding whether you're feeding raw food, you need to clean the surfaces, and you need to wash your hands because it does not matter. I would I would argue you're even more at a risk if you're feeding processed food. Um, and then I would also reference that there's tons of studies done now that show um, you know the, the study the dog risk study out of the University of Helsinki in Finland that I always talk about. Um, they not only determined that it's extremely safe to feed raw food, um, I think they tested like 16 out of 16,000 households They had like a 0.02% had a cross contamination with a pathogen. And it wasn't even, if it was, wasn't really even determined if it was from the raw food or not, but still it's a super low mm-hmm. out of 16, over 16,000 households worldwide. Um, so not only was it safe, um, but it also just dramatically decreases your pest risk of de- of disease and ailments and increases their longevity. So. Um yeah so that's that's one part of it. That's just like if your vet's on you about feeding raw food now I don't know if this question was directed to d c m which would be a whole nother kind of topic and we've we've covered this on a podcast too um and I would say if this question was kind of geared towards the whole d c m which is dilated cardiomyopathy debate um that's been going on the last few years, which is in in my opinion a huge scam. Um, it was just a, an attack on grain-free diets. Um, and somehow raw food got conglomerated in there. Um, but I would just print the, uh, the, the webpage from the FDA's website that states that they have no conclusive evidence that DCM is linked to grain-free diets. And then just tell them to stop peddling their cheap food on you is what I would say. I mean, cause that's as, essentially if they're still saying that the FDA is sounding the alarm about this, it's, it, they're not. And mm-hmm. they stopped. Um and they've even come out and said yeah there's no conclusive evidence showing this and if you're feeding raw food here's the here's the thing out of the what 77 million cases of DCM that were evaluated um I think there are nine cases of with raw food nine cases out of 77 million so shut up <laughs> like it's like, what are we're you talking over about? it <laughs> and 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 um yeah so you know, the, I guess I'll just, I'll talk about this briefly, but the, the dogs fed grain free, um, dogs fed grain free and dogs fed grain inclusive diets can both develop DCM. Okay. So whether your dog's eating raw food, whether your dog's eating uh, grain free food or grain based food, they can develop DCM. Um, because a, a large part of this is genetics. Um, so, I'm not saying that I would feed a grain-based diet. I would. I mean, obviously, I would not feed a grain grain-based. There's nothing in grains that dogs are getting. At, there's nothing that they're getting from it, and there's nothing that's helping in grains that's helping them fight against DCM. So I, I hear this a lot. A lot of times, people are like, "My vet said I need to add grains." I'm like, "What for? What purpose?" On, on a nutritional level, what part, Why are we adding grains? It, it makes zero sense. Grains themselves don't contain anything that support your dog's heart.
1: Um, Have you ever heard a reason of why they said? no? Okay.
0: No. That makes sense. Um, And it, the only reason they do it is because they said that it, it, there was a point where the FDA was saying that grain-free diets, so like these grain-free kibble diets were causing DCM. I don't want to get into this because yeah, this yeah. Is a whole. we did a whole podcast on this. Um, well, I think that, yeah. But there I was there's a I'm lot concerned. of unbiased. Um, there's vets who were um, obviously paid for, brought to you by the big brands um, and there was a whole, the whole scheme going along with the whole thing. Um, but um, yeah. Um,
1: well, and I think it's fair to say, talk to somebody who has experience uh, and knowledge about nutrition, which we know, which I think was a big light bulb moment for me when we, you know, during their curriculum, they take one nutrition course. So, you know, it's fair to say that
0: – An elective, yeah. Um, um, and I'm not saying – and as there's some vets that, that do know a lot about it. And there's mm-hmm. some vets that, are like, who knew – I mean, there's a lot of it, like Dr. Gene Morgan and Dr. Uh, Karen Becker and I, all you know, all these veterinarians who from the get-go were like, first of all, the numbers of DCM were actually the lowest right, – at the lowest point or one of the lower points when they started sounding the bell, like sounding the alarm. So it didn't make any sense, anyways. Like they had had higher numbers in previous years at DCM, Um, but anyways, my main focus for that would just be you know feed your dog as much real species appropriate food as possible. That's not beans, that's not legumes, that's not grains, it's not vegetables, it's not that. It's it's feeding meat and organ meat. So uh, a big component of this was they thought that maybe dogs weren't getting the right amino acids from their food. And it's still a possibility, especially with the grain-free kibbles. Um, I think at one point maybe they were just using, and I think even the grain, this was true for the grain-based diets too, they're using too many carbohydrates and boosting the protein content with like corn and legumes, which are not digestible by dogs. And so um, the dogs weren't getting the right amino acids from, from their food. Um, but if you're feeding raw food, you know that they're you know they're getting all the right amino acids. Um, the the big culprit was taurine. Um, they were saying for a while that dogs weren't getting enough taurine from their diet, which could that may or may not be true. Um, taurine is not found in grains. This is this is the crazy thing. Is like they knew this at the time, and the vets are saying, yeah, we, they need more grains. It's like that, but there's no taurine in grains. So taurine you can only get from um, you can only get from meat, organ meat, dairy, and seafood. Um, and you know, it, and it might not have just been torn. It could have been other amino acids too. Um, you know, creatine, uh, carnosine, carnitine, B12, K2, all these, all these other things. And dogs need methionine and cysteine to be able to synthesize taurine in their body. So it's, it might not just have been torn. It could have been these other amino acids, but all those essential amino acids are found in. And those species appropriate raw foods. So my my whole thing with that was during the whole last I don't know four years or three years. It's just been you know just make sure you you keep doing what you're doing and feeding species appropriate raw food. And maybe your dog gets DCM because there's a huge genetic component to it. But you're doing everything you can to avoid that or slow it down when you're feeding the right food. So
1: well, and I think it can be overwhelming for people just starting out. However, you know, at our shop we support and love all of the brands that do it for you right so it's like you're getting a product that you don't need to figure really anything out just of of course how much you're serving but i think that some people hear this and if you're new you know listening you might think oh we're just you know throwing a chicken breast at our dog you know what i mean like i just feel like if you know that there's these commercial brands that truly have everything packed in there like that's that that's all like
0: yeah, and they're that you know they're doing nutritional adequacy mm-hmm. testing, making sure they're hitting all their markers. Um, yeah, that's doing the best that you can do. Um, and I also there's another point I was going to make. Um,
1: well, I think we're over the sixty second.
0: Well, this was this was I just agree. in case that direction that that question was because I get the question that's like the main topic of that's the main like thing that vets will say now is like oh you're feeding raw food you need to. You need to start feeding grains. And it's like, what dude, what are we what are you what are we doing? Um so I don't know. Um, grains don't do anything for your dog. They don't need need mm-hmm.
1: Um That's a good way to end that. That's pretty much all yeah. you need to
0: say. Um oh, I just want to say that this this actually this whole situation happened back in the eighties. Um a lot of cats were dying of dilated cardiomyopathy. Um or and or going blind because there's a lack of taurine in their food. So in the '80s, obviously the kibble companies and, and even the canned foods, they're just using a bunch of carbohydrates and weren't realizing that cats, um, being obligate carnivores, too, needed um, taurine, a certain amount of taurine from their food. And so they were using less meat and using more vegetation, and all of a sudden, cats were—I mean, thousands of cats died, tens of thousands of cats died or went blind because of this. Um, because of lack of taurine in the food. So it's, happened, it's mm-hmm. happened before. It's just history repeating itself now with dogs. But um, grain, again, grain wasn't the answer back then either. It was – so, you know, they found other ways to add taurine. I think they added, like, more oyster juice and, and things like that or, or increased the, the meat content in their food. But um, anyways, the more it's you happened know. before.
1: We are so proud of our sponsor today, our friends at Steve's Real Food who helped make the Fangs and Fur podcast come true. Steve's makes real food from locally sourced ingredients that enable you to give your dog or cat nutritional meals every single day with no fillers, no preservatives. Anthony, what do you like best about Steve's?
0: I like a lot of things about Steve's, but one is their long history. They've been doing it longer than most. The second thing is they use whole food and only whole food ingredients. They don't use synthetics. It's just real simple whole food.
1: What do you mean simple?
0: Well, when people look on the back of a bag of kibble, they see a long list of ingredients that most people don't even know what they are. You'd almost have to be a chemist to know. When they come into Fangs and Fur, I'll pull out a box of Steve's Real Food and I'll show them what's in their food. And what you see is beef, beef heart, beef liver, beef kidney, raw goods, smoke broccoli, and a bunch of other whole food, real food. And Mozzie likes it too, so of course I'm a big fan.
1: I know Anthony and I love their mission statement, to produce food that is good for your pet and the land that they walk on. So come into our shop, Fangs and Fur, to learn more about Steve's from Anthony or visit stevesrealfood.com.
0: We look forward to seeing you at Lifetime Pet Wellness Center. We have a friendly, professional team and offer conventional as well as integrative medical options like acupuncture, chiropractics, nutritional medicine, stem cell therapy, and PRP, and more. Visit us at lifetimepetwellness.com, Instagram, and Facebook to learn more about us.
1: Awesome. One more? Yeah.
0: Okay. On that topic.
1: Tips and tricks to transition cats to species appropriate raw food. And it's interesting that we got this from a customer um, or a Instagram follower because I was in California two weeks ago for work and someone knew I owned, co-owned a uh, pet food store and they had asked me this too. So it is a hot topic. Shout out it to is. Diane in California. Yeah,
0: Thanks, Diane. Um. Yeah. Cats are tough. So we have, we have a lot of customers that have cats. Um, and it's, it's funny cause we have a lot of cats that just like are like, they'll eat anything, which is crazy, but most cats won't. Most cats are very, very picky. Most cats are, or cats are, their imprint eaters. So whatever they had as kittens. So if they, they had kibble as kittens, it's what they, they're used to, it's what they're comfortable with, it's what they're going to naturally want to stick with their whole life. So, um, it can be hard to kind of break that, break that habit. Um, but just know that. That's why, um, especially if you got them from, like a, uh, from a rescue or from the Humane Society, something like that. They're obviously fed processed food for a while, and so they're used to that. Um, so we just kind of break that cycle, and sometimes it takes a long time.
1: And you consider like the wet canned food the processed food as well? Correct?
0: I do, um, though I do prefer, like if you can, uh, I do prefer the, the canned food over the, the dry food. I mean cats being all cats evolved from desert-dwelling cats. Uh, the East African cat, and that cat obviously evolved to get its moisture from its food. There's no, there's no uh, source. There's really no sources of water in the desert, right? Or not a lot of them. There's no lakes and rivers and streams, so they had to get their their moisture content from their food. So, like a prey and like a rabbit is like eighty percent moisture. Um, so that's how cats evolved. So we took a, a diet. Their ancestral diet was about eighty percent moisture, and then made it to eight <laughs> percent. Wow. It, just, it doesn't make any sense. Um, so at least the canned food, you have the moisture. This is my thing with cats. Is like if I can just get moisture in their diet, that's a huge win. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, maybe even if they're still eating dry food, but we're adding like goat milk or even just water to it. Um, getting that interest out their moisture. Cats are terrible at drinking out of a bowl. They can't curl their tongue. So it's just like their tongues just like stab the that's water wild. and get. Um, I think it takes like tw- I think 2,400 licks for them to get one fourth a cup of water a guy, I always say this. About a guy, I come in one time and said, "No, no, no, my cat doesn't need any moisture in his food. He drinks he drinks water for like thirty minutes at a time." And I was like, "Dude, <laughs> who drinks water for thirty minutes? Like that is like, and the fact that it never even like crossed his mind is like that's insane." Um, but yeah, uh, so a, a tip that I have, especially for cats that are used to crunchy kibble, um, I would start with something like. Uh, like Vital Essentials, freeze-dried. Um, it's a prey model, freeze-dried raw food. So it's it's not going to have that moisture content, but it's going to have that crunch. and It's going to have that texture. So cats are really, their big thing is temperature, scent, and texture. Those three things you always have to keep in mind with cats. Um, and so that Vital Essentials kind of has um, kind of like the, the feel of kibble but it's not, there's no carbohydrates. It's just, it's a prey model, right? So, but it's more crunchy than some of the other freeze we have. So maybe start with that and then slowly start adding in moisture and it doesn't have to be a lot. We just start adding a little bit, a little bit here and a little bit there and just slowly um, build on that. Um, I would also try feeding in different locations. So not just where you typically feed them. If you're going to introduce a new food, maybe introduce it somewhere else. There's been studies that show cats are a little bit more open-minded to trying new things in a different area. So I've had people like f- actually feed from the table to get their cat, like their cat's getting something special from like the table. Um, but it's actually just like a, I don't know, a species appropriate raw food for them or something like that. Um So I think that's, um that's a good trick, but I would always, yeah. So keep in mind cats and dogs for this matter prefer, most of them prefer warm foods which makes sense from an evolutionary standpoint. Like a, uh, if they make a kill, it's going to be warm. Um, so just pay attention to that. They might like it at least room temperature. Um, if it's raw food, you might need to let it sit out to it gets to room temperature. Um, and just keep in mind, yeah, temperature, scent, and texture. Um, and kind of, I don't know, know what they prefer in those categories and kind of work from there is what is best kind of advice I can give you. And don't be a try to try. Don't be afraid to try different things. Mm-hmm. I know it's, you spend more money that way because you're trying to. You know, it's a lot of trial and error, but um, you'll find something that sticks. Well,
1: in the long run, obviously. Yeah. And so there's tons worth of it.
0: there's tons of freeze dried. Like we uh, Northwest Naturals has a cat freeze dried that's really popular for us. Um, Feline Naturals is a New Zealand company that's a really popular one. They have like a bunch of fish based ones or lamb and salmon is a popular one. Um, you know, so maybe you start with the freeze dried and start adding the moisture. Don't be afraid to try raw, though. I mean, who knows? They might just gobble it up. You never mm-hmm. know. Um, but if you if you find something they like, you can. I mean, dude, I've had I've had people get like a raw nugget and then roll it. They'll like smash their old kibble into a powder and then they'll roll like the raw food nugget in the kibble. <laughs> to, to introduce them <laughs> and it's worked it's like the cat's like okay this is semi-similar so I'm going to eat this and then over time they just start eating the raw food mm-hmm. by itself so um, it just depends on how much you, w- how far you're willing to go for them. Um, but yeah hopefully some of those help
1: yeah I love it At Girls Gone Raw Pet Health, our goal is to provide unique, nutrition-packed, carnivore-focused, dehydrated treats and chews that your pets will go nuts over and that you can feel confident feeding them. We hand-select only the highest quality, human-grade meats, foster relationships with small, generational family farms, and scour the market for the freshest, most unique products. So get fresh and go raw with us. Follow us on social media at Girls Gone Raw Pet Health for nutrition tips and industry news, and find local retailers and shop online at www.girlsgonerawpet.com. Your dog or cat is a member of your family. You want the very best for each and every member of your family, and that extends right down to the food that they eat.
0: For over 30 years, Northwest Naturals has been manufacturing the highest quality raw frozen pet foods in Portland, Oregon. For you, the pet owner, Northwest Naturals comes in convenient packaging, easy to open, easy to store, and easy to thaw and serve to your pets.
1: Quality ingredients, food safety, and the highest standards for manufacturing practices are what make Northwest Naturals the best complete and balanced raw food for your pet. Find out more in our podcast show notes. Well, thank you for listening. And if, uh, as always, if you ever have a question, if you want to direct message us on Instagram, bangs for pets.
0: Yeah, and I think we'll do another episode of of Q and A here soon. We have some more questions that we didn't answer on these episodes, but of course, we appreciate
1: everyone who did send in a question. Uh, We'll definitely get to it soon.
0: The views and opinions on this podcast should not be used as an alternative to veterinary advice. We always encourage you to seek the professional advice of your vet. Before starting a raw diet, we encourage you to ask lots of questions, do your research, and speak with a qualified vet and or canine feline nutritionist.